0: Do you remember the song, You've Lost That Loving Feeling? No, I'm not gonna sing it for you today on the beginning of Walk in Truth. But this message is about returning to your first love. And Jesus is going to give the church at Ephesus and us as believers a formula, if you will, to return back to your first love. Things that we can do to get that loving feeling back, to get back to where we know the life of a Christian really thrives as we stay close to our Lord. We'll learn more about that returning to your first love today on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets, Matthew 7, 15, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. The Didache, which is a second century church manual, might be right, right at the turn of the century, said that the test for a true prophet is if they behave the same way that Jesus did. So you will know them by their fruits. You can analyze teaching, you can certainly look at someone's life and see what kind of fruit comes out. And so Jesus commending them says, You have perseverance, Revelation 2.3. You're hanging in there, you're fighting the good fight, you've endured for my name's sake, you've not grown weary. The idea is you've not gotten tired. All things commendable all great things uh, to be celebrated. And if you are a person who's hung in there tonight and you've not given up and you've not quit quit on your walk or on your faith or on things that you know you've been struggling with, I think Jesus would applaud you tonight. And I think you can apply that to yourself. But here comes the criticism, verse four. But I have this against you. So, some have suggested that there's a model here for management principles. Let me just touch on that for a second. You all know that when you are looking to correct someone, it's always good to commend them for what they do well. Some of you are in managerial positions or you have been in the past. you got to call somebody into your office and you got to correct them for something. It's always good to commend them for what they're doing well. They can receive the criticism a little bit easier if you commend them first. Amen. This is actually a principle in Revelation 2. Jesus celebrates the church. You do well. You're good with theology. You're careful about testing men who claim to be apostles. You don't tolerate evil. You've hung in there. You've persevered. Good job. We've got to balance, just as a general rule, whether it's parenting or running a company, our criticism with our commendations. Amen? If you criticize somebody too much and you never commend them, They're going to lose heart. And sometimes you have to look really hard to commend certain people about things. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Let's see. What can I think of? Have they done anything good in the last year? I don't know. Right? But sometimes we can overlook the good things that people do. Amen? We can miss it. And we're always pointing out their weaknesses, and we never celebrate their strengths. That's a mistake. So Jesus gives us a roadmap here, and he says, but... I have this against you, and this is so poignant. It's so to the heart that it is that searchlight, and it's this. He says that you have left your first love. That's what I have against you. You've left your first love. The criticism, if you're taking notes and putting headings here, is that you've abandoned the love that you had at the first What is this love? If you read 50 commentaries in the book of Revelation, you'd probably get at least three or four different opinions. Some people say what they lost was their love for one another. And that's certainly true, that we can lose influence and light if we don't love each other. Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 1 John 3.14, written by the same author that's writing the book of Revelation, says, we know that we've passed out of death into life because we love God's people. And so certainly one aspect of this love could be their love for one another began to wane. Think about a church that is very good. They're very orthodox. They're very critical about testing doctrine and individuals They might be more apt to become loveless because they're always on guard about making sure everybody's right and straight and true. And when you're doing that kind of assessment, you can sometimes lose the good parts of people and be overly critical. And somehow churches and leaders of churches have to find that balance. And those of us who are part of the body of Christ, what was the leaving of this first love? Some say it was simply a, a leaving, and I say simply, although this is obviously not what anybody would want to happen, is that they had left their love for God that they had at the first. We can all resonate with that because we all know how excited we were for those of us who have been Christians for a while when we first met Jesus and the fire and the newness of that relationship. And it is it parallels uh, a new relationship when you get married, right? Right. Um, in the, in the dating stage, when you're courting with someone, you, your best foot is forward. And we try to tell people this in premarital counseling. You have seen the best of them. <laughs> Just get prepared, right? The old saying is, go into marriage with your eyes wide open, and after you get married, keep them half shut, <laughs> right? It's true, And and for some of us, you know, we can remember times when everything about Jesus excited us, and now we're just not quite there. The meter has waned, the gas tank is down a little bit, and we have to take a look and say, Lord, search my heart. Now, anybody who's had a long marriage here for decades knows that love deepens and changes, but you have to be intentional in marriage about keeping the fire of romance and closeness uh, there, because people—and this is a book uh, written by Dennis Rainey some years ago—normally move towards isolation as years go by. We tend to move; we can, we just—it's easy to move towards isolation. You have to do uh, intentional things to stay close. And that was the title of the book. If you're interested, "Staying Close" by Dennis Rainey, and that was the whole preset uh, concept of the book. Jeremiah 2:2, God says through the prophet. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me, God speaking through Jeremiah, and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Uh, if you've ever read Jeremiah, you have to know it's a bummer of a book. Uh, many, many chapters is a long book, and it's basically this weeping prophet who has to tell Israel and Jerusalem that they've blown it and God's gonna judge them. And God says early in the book, you know, you loved me with the love of a new bride back in the day when I rescued you out of Egypt, but now you've left your first love. Is that the parallel? There are others that say leaving their first love is their love for witnessing that they've lost their light in the city of Ephesus, that their influence in that city, their lampstand that was once burning bright. Now they're not witnessing to as many people anymore. They, they're no longer a city set upon a hill. They're supposed to be the light of the world, but their light is diminishing. They've lost their fervor for evangelism. They've lost their passion for souls. Is it possible that it could be all three? Wouldn't you say that all three kind of go together? If you lose love for God... You typically lose love for people and if you're losing love for God, you lose love for evangelism. Love is the key. Love is the preeminent fruit. Everything flows from love. If I have the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am nothing. I could have all know all mysteries. I could speak with the tongue of tongues of angels. I could have all knowledge, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. Nothing. And so 1 Corinthians 13, write down verses 1 through 3, applies. The word for leaving your first love is a Greek word which means to send away. It's the same word used for when our sins are sent away, and it uses this idea of the scapegoat where they would confess over a scapegoat on the day of atonement and the scapegoat would go off into the wilderness and it was symbolic of carrying the people's sins away. And this same Greek word is used here of you've you've left your first love, you've you've gone the other way. There's a distance between us now. In the Bible, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself that's those are the two greatest commandments which implies to me that love is an act of the will love is an act of the will if you have distanced yourself from god god has not moved You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. In the Bible, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. That's, those are the two greatest commandments, which implies to me that love is an act of the will. Love is an act of the will. If you have distanced yourself from God, God has not moved. The old image of the elderly couple, driving in the car and they used to drive you know his arm was always around her in the days when there weren't seat belt laws (laughs) and gradually as the years went by she moved farther and farther away and now she was pushed up against the passenger side window (laughs) and so she looks at him one day and says honey what's happened to us why is there so much distance between us and the husband responds i haven't moved Look, if we're going to be honest tonight, and I think we need to be, each of us could ask some deep questions about how close are we. If love is truly an act of the will, then we don't have any excuses. We can make them all day long. Well, this, that, the seat's uncomfortable there. Seatbelt doesn't fit me quite right. We can make all of our excuses, but in the end, we have to ask the question that Hall and Oates asked, Have you lost that loving feeling? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) There was a story I heard a couple years back about two brothers who were playing in in an area that had big piles of wet sand. As these two brothers were playing on this mount of sand, something like a sinkhole happened quickly. It opened up, and the two brothers slipped down in this huge pile of sand. They were trapped sadly, one on top of the other. The wet sand was so packed around them that they were rendered immovable. The one brother who was on top was trapped up to his chin. He was just barely high enough to gasp for breath as the wet sand pressed against his body and his chest. After some time, the family came running to the scene and saw the brother barely able to breathe, the sand all around his head. They cried out to him, "'Where's your brother? Where's your brother?' And he said, he's under me. I'm standing on his shoulders. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to practice Philadelphia, brotherly love, right? And I think all of us can say, as we assess our Christian lives, we can ask, how often do I read my Bible? How well am I doing in my prayer life? And those are all good things to measure. But my love for God and my love for others Really defines my Christianity. And I think that's what we need to look at tonight. A number of years ago, Johan Lucassi of the Belgian Evangelical Mission came to the realization that evangelism in Belgium was getting nowhere. The nation's long history of traditional Catholicism, the subsequent disillusionment resulting from Vatican II, the aggression of the cults, had left the land seemingly impervious to the gospel. Driven to the scriptures, he had read John 13 and devised a plan. First, he gathered together a heterogeneous group, Belgian, Dutch, American, whoever would come. And second, he had them rent a house and live together for seven months. As is natural, frictions developed as as the believers rubbed against one another and bothered each other. This, in turn, sent them to prayer for love and victory. Finally, they went out to witness to others after this experiment of seven months, and they began to see amazing fruit. Outsiders called them the people who love each other. Their evangelism method was simply people watched how much they loved each other and were drawn back to the church. If people walk in the church in the modern age and they take a look at us, what do they see? If Jesus was to assess the called out ones at Corona tonight, what would he see? May it be that let all we do be done in love. I can't tell you how many times I've failed to love the way that I'm supposed to. So many times. And I end up often praying, Lord, I don't have this kind of love in me, so you're going to have to love through me because I just can't produce this kind of love. And that's what God said. He said, love is a fruit of the Spirit. So the more I'm spending time with God, the natural overflow of my time with him is going to be more of his love. Now, let's talk about the correction in the charge, which is found in verse five. What do you do if you've left your first love? What are some good solutions? Well, there's going to be several R's here. You might want to take note of them. One is remember. Remember. Literally, the Greek is keep on remembering, therefore, from where you have fallen. You got to remember what you used to do when you were close. And you got to go back there. Remember when the prodigal son was in the pig pen and he was eating the pig's pods and he couldn't believe he had ended up there. And he, the Bible says in Luke 15, Jesus tells the story, he came to his senses and he remembered that even his father's servants were eating better than he so he rehearsed a speech. He said, I'll go back to my father and I'll say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me well like one of your hired servants. And he remembered. He had a moment of epiphany. He, he came to his senses and he said, I'm, I'm going back home. I'm going back home. I think a lot of Christians just need to say that. I'm going back home. And whatever happens, whatever lumps I have to take, and of course, what did he get? A father with open arms who was waiting just to love him. Remember from where you have fallen. You got to know how far you have fallen. And and here's a word that we often think is just for unbelievers, but it says from Jesus to the church. He says, repent. The, The word remember means to recollect and call to mind. The word repent is familiar to a lot of you. It's the word metanoia. And a good way to think of repentance is a radical redirection of one's life in every aspect. Let me say that one more time. Repentance in the Bible is a radical redirection of one's life in every area. You cannot say you've truly repented of something. There is no halfway repentance. Let me put it that way. If you're going to repent, you're going to repent. We don't have to guess that you're repenting, right? If you're going to repent, you're going to do a 180, and you're going to start doing things God's way. Nobody's going to have to convince you. The prodigal son didn't need to be talked into it. He knew that it was time to remember and go back to his father. And so this church is told, look, you, you got to remember and you got to repent. Do the deeds you did at first. Sometimes you got to force yourself to do some things when you're trying to get your life on track because you've been doing the wrong thing for so long. It's become natural for you to do the wrong thing. So sometimes you got to just do what you did at the beginning. What do you think these deeds would be that they did at the beginning? It could be practical acts of love. It could be hospitality. It could be witnessing. I'm not sure everything it means, but Jesus says, do the deeds that you did at first, or else, here's an or else. You thought only only your father said it. Or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Now this is a serious warning. What does it mean? Well, if the lampstands represent the churches and the stars are the angels of the churches, and Jesus said, I'm going to take your lampstand unless you change, and the lampstand is something that, what, allows light to shine, then the conclusion is pretty, I think, basic. I'm going to take away your shining in the city of Ephesus. You're no no longer going to have influence. Some people say it means you lose your salvation. I don't think that's what it means. I don't think that there's enough here to say that's what it means. But I think what Jesus is saying is, if you want to have influence in this city, then you need to repent because you're losing your light in the city because a church that does not have love does not have light. Amen? Amen? Have you ever gone somewhere and you're like, man, these are these people are serious. There's nobody even smiles in this place. Is this a library? Shh. Just walked in the door. I didn't even say anything to anybody. Shh. Here's a Bulletin. <laughs> Take it. Now, if you run into Paul uh, Hicks, the woo there's two possibilities that will happen. He will either scare you to another church, or you will say, I've never experienced any kind of love like this. The holy kiss is a real thing. <laughs> Let me ask you if you were to categorize the question this way. How well have I loved today? I'm a simple guy. How's that for a simple question? How well have I loved this week? How well have I loved God? How well have I loved my wife? How well have I loved my children? How well, as a pastor, did I love the flock this week? Did I take time? Do I care? Did I pray for them? Was I willing to weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh? How well am I loving? That's a pretty simple way to assess your Christian life, isn't it? Lord, what would you say about how well I love this week? Jesus says, if you don't change, you're no longer going to be a light in this city. Isn't that a scary prospect? You'll no longer shine from me. Oh, Lord, my cry would be, then help me to love like you love. Because the one thing I want to do is have influence in this world until you take me home. Well, my brother, my sister, my friend, I think every believer wants to love well. And, you know, Jesus said that they would know us by our love one for another. This is how they would know that we belong to Jesus And it would be a testimony to the world, our love one for another. You know, the world is longing for love, longing to belong, longing for purpose and meaning. And those questions are answered in the person of Jesus who lives in us. And so may God help us as we reflect that love, those fruits of the Spirit, as we meet people in our daily life. Now, let's ask God to help us fill us, to show us the way so that we can answer the questions that people have about what life's really all about. Well, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. I'm Pastor Michael Lance. Remember that you can purchase my DVD teaching in Revelation on our online store when you visit walkintruth.com. We have a teaching in Revelation 13, the intriguing teaching on the mark of the beast. What is it? Who might this person be? Now, we're not going to try to pin the tail on the Antichrist. That's always a mistake. But we are going to take a look at what this mark might be. What does it represent? And what would be the world conditions when this particular man arises? We'll touch on some of that. Revelation 13, the mark of the beast. And you can find this when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the store tab. You can peruse some other teachings and DVDs and things to help your walk. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store tab, or you can reach out to us by phone at 844-48-TRUTH. Just make sure you call us during regular business hours at 844-48-TRUTH. Now, just an FYI that Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Here in the city of Corona, I get the privilege of serving as senior pastor. Love for you to come out and visit us this coming Sunday. The service times are 9 and 11.15 a.m., and if you're not in fellowship right now, come on out to Living Truth in Corona, 9 and 11.15 a.m. are the service times. Also, this Sunday, we'll begin the free class called Firm Foundation. It'll be teaching the basics of the Christian faith, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, and you can learn more about what Living Truth as a Church believes, our doctrinal statement, etc., If you'd like to have an answer for the hope that is within you, come this Sunday to this great class. It's taught by Joe Kelly. He is a brilliant believer in Jesus Christ, brilliant mind, and a great teacher. I know you'll benefit from that. The class begins Sunday, June 2nd. It's during the 9 a.m. service. Hang out with us for both services. Go to the class, come to second service, and enjoy the church. The address of Living Truth is at one thousand nine. Arsenal Way, 1009, Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. Click on the Visit tab at walkintruth.com or get the Living Truth app in the App Store. Now tune in again tomorrow for the conclusion of the teaching about the church in Ephesus called Returning to Your First Love. We'll talk to you then. May God richly bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.